Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. These stories is real. Focus and finish. With Dan Israel. That game will forever stick in The longest tenured member of the Chiefs radio network. That's right, 6.30 on Wednesday. These stories are real with Dan Israel. Brought to you by physician aesthetic specialist. This week's opponent, the Denver Broncos. For me, especially starting to travel with the team in 1990, it was the Broncos. I mean, they were, we would every year go to, to mile high and lose in the fourth quarter. And so it was about Elway and it was about the competition. Uh, you know, the Raiders rivalry existed and, and certainly they had their moments. But for me, it was trying to beat the Denver Broncos. And, and I felt like the fans were the same way. They, they were more responsive in those games. They would, you know, I, I'll never forget. They, there was a, a period of about six months, I think, where the NFL experimented with this thing called the Audibleizer. And what it was is a massive sound system, two just giant speaker cabinets on the sidelines. It, it like maybe the 25 at each on each side of the 25 and at each end zone of the 25 or at each end of the, the field of the 25. And the quarterback could flick on a mic and he could audible and it would take this wireless mic and repeat it through these speakers that were aimed at the field. They weren't necessarily for the crowd, but they aimed at the field to override the crowd noise. It got so loud in Arrowhead Stadium. Elway flicked that thing on, and he's screaming, and he, nobody can hear him. And the the ref finally calls the game or, or stops the game to try to quiet the crowd, which had only happened one other time, and that was against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but he, he basically threatens the crowd with a penalty if they don't quiet down. Second down. Denver inside the one. Elway is under center. Now he pulls away again, his hands on his hips. He looks back at Gordon McCarter, the referee, and said, hey, what gives? Again, I have asked the defense to help lower the crowd noise. Any further crowd noise problem will result in a charge timeout against Kansas City. Thank you for your cooperation. Think about today, that seems like almost an absurd you know, you can't do that. That's part of our role as the 12th player, right? That's part of our role as a fan is to disrupt that. But they experimented with that sound system. I remember they kicked that thing on and all you could just hear was screeching. Uh, that thing lasted so briefly, but it was interesting. You know, I they never migrated it from like a, a mic on the quarterback to to helmet speakers or any of that stuff. They They tried the PA system and then just gave up on it. There you go, Dan Israel there with these stories are real. Are the Broncos the most annoying fan base in the NFL? Because I think they are. Yes. The incomplete chant is annoying. When a quarterback throws an incomplete pass, the incomplete. 
I know the fans like to do the first down and get into it like that, but the incomplete is annoying. Like, I've always found Broncos fans to be extremely annoying. And listen, the, these should have been rivalry games. The last two games of the year, the Broncos and Raiders, it's not like that anymore. It's like in baseball where all your rivals are cyclical. Remember? In 14 and 15, like they hated the Blue Jays. Hated Brett Law in the Oakland A's. Like, you hate those things. And then the White Sox, because the team would get in the White Sox. The White Sox makes sense because division rival. But the Broncos and Raiders have always been the rival because they've games went back and forth. You can't say that now, Kramer. When the Chiefs have beaten the Raiders nine out of the last ten times, they've beaten the Broncos every single game since 2015 in September. How can you even say it's a rivalry at this point? You can't. I think the the closest thing to a rivalry with the Chiefs right now is the Bills or the Bengals. That's that's the only thing that's close to it this day. It's it sucks. See, the, saying you're that. right. Those are the rivals. It sucks because like you would want to have some type of rival in division, but the Chiefs have sustained so much success since Andy Reid's been here. There's no rivals to even be put in place here. I mean, granted, um, the few years Andy was here, there was Peyton Manning for the Broncos. And ever since Peyton Manning left, what in 2015, there hasn't been nothing. And heck, yeah, no, you're right. The Broncos fan base is annoying. They also have an annoying quarterback as well. So it's just like it fits. It fits perfectly for them. But no, like the there's no rivals inside the AFC West. And people want to say, oh, the Chargers, the Chargers, the Chargers. Nah, like I don't, I don't even see that even being a rival for the Chiefs. Well, they want the Chargers to be the rival. And let's be honest. They want the Chargers to be good. They're the second best team in this division. Yeah, they don't always yeah. play like. It. I mean, last year you say, well, the Raiders made the postseason. Yes, the Raiders did. were a better team last year than the Remember Chargers. Remember, they beat the Chargers last game of the year because Brandon Staley lost that game. Now, he wanted to go for the tie, Brandon Staley did. I know. But he hoped, Don't go for the tie. Good gosh. I'm not saying hopefully he learned his lesson because you want this. But the Denver Broncos keep going through head coaches. Nathaniel Hackett and bringing in Russell Wilson, that was going to change the direction of the Denver Broncos. Did it? It did not. The team had a confident front office trying to get the fans back to stop hating the Denver Broncos. But that area out there, like Colorado football used to be good, and they hope Dion can change things. Denver Broncos used to be good. Now they're not. They had beaten the Chiefs seven straight times before the Chiefs went on this 14-game streak against the Denver Broncos. Rivalry anymore? I don't know. They, they played the Chiefs close the last time. I mean, the Chiefs blow their doors out in Kansas City. Does it matter? Do you miss the rivalry? But you're 100% right, Kramer, with the, with the Indianapolis and Buffalo that's what the Chiefs are now. They're postseason. How do you get the Super Bowl? The beginning of the year, you're not looking at the division. I know the national media did because they let them pick the Chargers. Some did the Raiders and some did the Broncos to win the division. But when you looked at that schedule, to me, it's all right. When do they play Buffalo? Boom. Okay, the Cincinnati game, that was the game circler. And it's, and it's weird to think because three years ago, it was the Patriots. The Patriots were the Chiefs rival. And that's three years ago. You can tell how things have changed since then. And the fact that me saying three years ago for that, three years ago, there was still no AFC West team, a rival to the Chiefs. It's just, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. But the Bengals, who do you hate more? The Bengals or the, the Bills? I think that it's really close there. Although the Chiefs have beaten the Bills in the postseason. I know the Chiefs are public enemy number one to the Bills. It's not the Patriots any longer who had beaten them 32 out of 35 times when Brady was there. That's not the case anymore. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. And I have a feeling when they play the Bengals this weekend, the Bengals will start being a hated team, the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bengals win the game. It's in Cincinnati. It's going to be two tremendous teams, two tremendous quarterbacks going back and forth. 
You know, Burroughs now elevated himself in the uh, MVP race. And I think Joe Burrow is better than Justin Herbert. It's hard to say he's better than Josh Allen, although I think he is. I think he's more accurate than Josh Allen. God, it's so hard to say, though, man. Did you see Josh Allen last year? You know, he's the only quarterback ever to go 4,000 yards plus passing plus 750 on the road. And he's four yards away from doing that again this year. He's going to do that back-to-back. It never been done in the NFL. Yeah, but he has like, what, 20 interceptions, it seemed like? like he's throwing it he's, all over the place. He's been bad since they beat the Chiefs. Like, his numbers have been bad. He's been a That was their machine. Super Bowl. That was their Super Bowl was beating the Chiefs this year. It and when was. he turned the ball over with the Vikings, that was not a very MVP-like move. Right there on the goal line? Oh, no, not at all. Like, he, he, threw, the, he threw the game away for them. Like, it, it's, it's, it's wild to see how inaccurate at times Josh Allen is, but we want to praise him for how much he, what he does, whether if it's the passing yards, whether if it's him scrambling to get the first down or get the big touchdown that they needed or something. But he's such an inaccurate quarterback, but he has a big arm. It's like okay. Jameis Winston. That's what, there we go. I thought Jameis was going to turn around after he hit LASIK. Yeah, same, same. He went from 33 to 2020. But Andy Reid, 40-6 against the division since 2015. Again, where's the rivalry? Versus the Raiders, he's 9-1 in his last 10, 14-2 last 16, 16 in the last night, or 16 and 3 last 19 games, 7-3 in the last 10 against the Chargers, 15-3 in the last 18 games against the Chargers, 14 in a row against the Denver Broncos. Where's the rivalry there? To me, the rival Cincinnati, even more so than Buffalo. Why? Because that's the other team that got to the Super Bowl. You know, during your stretch here, it was New England. I get it the first year with Tom Brady, but Brady's gone. New England's, you know, a shell of them former selves. But it's Joe Burrow. It's since at least the Chiefs have proven they can beat the Buffalo Bills. You know, they beat them a couple years ago in the regular season. They've lost the last two regular season games, but they've won the last two postseason games against the Buffalo Bills. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are the bunion on the foot. They're the Chiefs kryptonite right now. That's that's exactly what they are. And it's so frustrating because all these games are close. Oh, always. Just like that last last year in the regular season, that game came down to bad officiating. Joe Burrow said they got lucky. You know what happened in the postseason. Chiefs let their foot off the gas at halftime and should never have tried to get that touchdown at the end of the half. And then this year, an overtime game where they had a fumble and missed a kick at the end of the game. And the officiating was terrible too. But I don't, I don't harp on that unless Carl Sheffers is calling a game. But that's a rival. Text line uh, 913-586-7610. Jay Southland Toast Service text line. Who is the biggest nemesis? I would say it's the biggest nemesis to Kansas City sports. Right now, the Bengals. Because you can't really say the Royals are because, you know, they're not competing for World Series right now. There's not that one team you say, all right, that's the, that's the block. Now, if it's the White Sox continuing in the division and the Royals had a chance to beat them, which, by the way, Kramer, I will say this. I like the fact they play every team in Major League Baseball this year. I do, too. I do, too. I mean, that is... It opens everything up for it's it. That's it should have been. I agree. I mean, it's what makes the NFL so good because you play out cyclical, but you end up playing within four years. You play every team in the NFL. Which I absolutely like because, I mean, you whoever knows. I mean, you could have that time where the NFC East is completely dreadful like last season and the Chiefs says dog walk everybody like that. I, I, like, that's, I do like the fact that they play everybody once in the MLB. I do. From the 913, my dude says, uh, Hero Elway ruined the Donks. He's still it's, it's ruined why, the Donks. It's well now, George Payton's GM now. He's still in there. But 
Elway still has his hand in something there. You know that. Elway's biggest thing he's ever did was lure Peyton Manning to Denver. And a lot of that, I think, happened to do with the fact that he was John Elway. I mean, the Chiefs made an effort for that. What, what would things be different? Imagine going from, from Manning and having a kind of year in hiatus there until you get to Mahomes. Because Mahomes probably would have had to start that first year. Or did things work out better? That he could really rest in 2017 and then beat the Broncos in his first NFL game. But again, Kramer, I mean, it's the Broncos and Chiefs. We should be excited about this. I remember first getting into the radio, and it was bringing on Andy Lindholm from Denver who did their sidelines. I'd go on with them. They'd go on here. And it was a rivalry. Remember Mark Schleller outrunning his mouth in Denver? He still does. I don't understand why. No, he still does. He still does. But the hatred from Denver and Kansas City because they hate us. I mentioned yesterday the World Cup. You know, Kansas City got it instead of Denver. They're one of them. They keep beating the Broncos' asses all the time they play them. I mean, there's legitimate hate for Kansas City from Denver. I I guarantee you that. I mean, they used to have the old marijuana card over the area, but now Kansas legalized it. So Missouri. No, Missouri. Yeah, they have it over Missouri still. Or no, excuse me. Missouri, not Kansas, but Kansas has the betting. Yeah, my bad. It's all good. Uh, all good. All it's it's 640 going. in the morning. No, I just forget sometimes. I work in Kansas, live in Missouri. Yeah, that's, that's the exact same thing that I do, bud. You, 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 we get to bet when we come to work. It's kind of fun. No, but the, the Broncos, I, it's funny because they just dislike the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are at the point in time where it's like, we don't even care about the Broncos. Like They're just there. They're like the little cousin that we really don't care about that we stay on the holidays that we have to say hi to. That's that's what that's what the Broncos are. It's like this blip on the schedule, and he, like he should be excited about this. Like this should bring excitement to play rival. It just doesn't, because they're just so bad. Well, it should be bring excitement to the fact that you're also playing an end division opponent like that. You get to see this team two times a year, but the fact that the Chiefs have to like when they see the when you get your uh, your 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 pocket schedule that you put for your, in your wallet and stuff, you see all right. There's a win there with the Broncos earlier in the season. There's another one late in the season. Boom, yeah. It's like I see two wins in the schedule already. It's like you don't have to overthink it, thinking that oh, that might be a close game. That's a game I might actually want to go to. Might want to circle it. Maybe dot the eye of like okay, let me see if I can get some tickets for that game. No, you don't want to do that for this one at all. And then it was the Raiders, but they've. Obviously, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. Now we'll get they're, to it later. But their car getting benched, maybe, yeah. or we, we don't Possibly, know. Which but, yeah. but the Chargers, they, legitimately, that's that's the rival in this division. But seen or well, when they were in San Diego, now Los Angeles, when they they've always viewed Kansas City like a hatred, like they hated us much worse than we did them. I feel like that's how every single team right now in the AFC West is towards the Chiefs. I, yeah. I really do. Yeah, eight one six. Yes, I know that weed is legalized in Missouri now, not Kansas. Hey, misspoke there. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. There, but I'm just saying, Kansas City's got it, they don't have it, and they're really bothered by it. Come up next, though, we switch gears and talk a little uh, baseball as uh, Kramer and I are looking forward to the next season. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Welcome back, J. Binkley, Kramer Sansone. Happy uh, bowl season, I guess, till we get the NFL this weekend. 
Happy bowl season to you, Binkley. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. As I said it to you, too. Yes, thank you, Binkley. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome to you. Hey, did you, did you see a stat about Nick Bolton? I know you're a huge Nick Bolton guy going back to the draft. You absolutely love Nick Bolton. Yep, I, I actually had him uh, picked in the first round. I know you did. He's the most sure tackler, sure tackler in the AFC West. Oh, I mean, he's not even question. Uh, the fact that he's on a Pro Bowl is He got snubbed. He got snubbed. That'll, that'll quickly change. Did you see a stat from Pete this weekend? I did not. Nick Bolton now has eight games with ten tackles or more this season. Gosh, that's It's the tackles. first time that's happened in Chiefs history. He had uh, 17 tackles against the Seahawks. He Again, was all over the place during that game. Yeah, we get Nick Bolton because of the Orlando Brown trade. They sent pick 58. So we get Nick Bolton. I had said this. It was met with skepticism. Derek Johnson was my favorite all-time players for the Chiefs. But I said, Nick Bolton will go down as the all-time leading tackler with this team. If they get him to another contract, I think they will. But I do believe Nick Bolton... Because we haven't really had that presence in inside linebacker in just moving around like like uh, Derek Johnson did, then Nick Bolden. He wears the green dot already. The guy's the heart and soul of what this defense is, and I know Chris Jones on their defensive line. But this guy hammers people, and he stops them instead of them, you know, stiff-arming them and getting away. No, he brings you down. And I get it. People are like, oh, but he can't be the pass coverage guy. He can't do that. Well, I mean, that's why you have Willie Gay on your team to be the pass coverage guy. But Nick Bolton, he's going to make sure that you do not get that first down. Granted, at times it looks like the defense looks like it's lacking, but you know Nick Bolton's always there trying to make a big impact, and he's always the first one. It seems like always there. Because it's frustrating at times watching Chiefs tackling. I mean, that's been a major problem. Like third and seven turns into a first down because they should have stopped them four yards shy. But because of, you know, poor tackling, they get a first down. But now when Nick Bolton touches you, I mean, just watch when someone drops to the ground and look who gets up first. It's usually Nick Bolton. That guy's just a tackling machine, a much-needed guy for the Kansas City Chiefs. And that makes the Orlando Brown thing all worth it because that's technically a first-round guy you got with pick 58. Yeah, that's wild. The fact that you got him in the second round is that's just it's uh, it's a it's a good pick. That's a very good. I, I wouldn't say it's a diamond in the rough pick because I was so high on him, but that's a very good middle linebacker for the Chiefs. That's going to be here for like a mainstay. I mean, they better they better extend him once his contract his rookie contract's up. They have to. That's why he played at Missouri. He oh, yeah. just light people up in a week. You say, hey, man, you see Nick Bolton play? And that's that's main reason why I was so high upon him when he was in Missouri because of the fact that he was in every single play, whether it's a run or a pass, and he's always there to get the tackle. He's always there. He's just a good piece uh, for what this defense is going forward. Like, you're trying to rebuild this defense and do some parts. I know the young secondary everything. But Nick Bolton is a necessity on a football team. And I think it's, uh, even for on the defensive side, if you have your – Middle linebacker set, and you're like, okay, all right, sweet. We have a we have a guy that can tackle or run through a wall and tackle a person behind the wall that he's running through. They have that. I think if a team can have a a guy like him, your defense should be set. Not only that, he's got two sacks this season because he's not you know known as a pass rusher, but has two. And not only that, he's got two picks. Heck, he has <laughs> a pick six in the third, simulation. It, it, yeah, it would have been a third interception this game. He came real close to that third pick on the season. But he's just a, he's just amazing player for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's often – I we'll get into it in a second. Is he the most underrated guy on this football team? I mean, he's – I think he – yeah. I think he is because most of the people want to point out his – 
his faults. Like that's what they want to do. They want to point out Nick Bolton's faults. And it's because it's it's like, oh, his pass coverage. That's, that's how it was in the first like five weeks of the season. It was like, oh, all right, Nick Bolton can't be out here. We we don't like Nick Bolton. Like, no, no, no. You need a, a guy that can tackle. You need a guy that can put a guy on the ground. Nick I, Bolton is the guy that can put on the ground. Yeah, and we'll get to it in a second. We got baseball, but uh, there's another undersung guy that I think's underrated for the Kansas City Chiefs, but Nick Bolton is one of them. That's the under-talked about guy, just the, kind of the heart and soul of what the Chiefs are. Who cares about the Pro Bowl? This guy can play. Which, by the way, the Pro Bowl's not even playing. They're playing flag football this year, Kramer. I want to see beer chugging with the Pro Bowl, seriously. They didn't have, like, more skills competition, just like beer chugging. Like because you just they said. got big there for a when Aaron Rodgers was doing it at Bucks games. Or Bakhtiari. Matt Stafford saw it. Yeah, Bakhtiari does it. And then the, Matt Stafford saw it, you know, on TV. And so he goes and does the chug. We've seen Mahomes and Kelsey do it at the Blues games in St. Louis. Gosh, wouldn't that be exciting to see all, like, the, the quarterbacks in the league try to see who can, you know, chug the fastest? And the NFL takes beer money, so just – and heck, the, and this is a voluntary thing. They can do it or they don't have to. But tell me this. Is it not safer to sit there and chug beer than play flag, flag football? Remember Robert Edwards? They had all that promise out of Georgia. Had 1,000 yards for the Patriots. Went to Hawaii to the Pro Bowl, and they had this, like, sand uh, football game. He was never the same. Hurt himself. Never was the same after that. Yeah, we haven't even seen him since. So, yeah, you could beer chug. You get medic standing by in case you chug too fast or whatever. That should be a Pro Bowl competition. And that drone drop, I really like that. A few years ago, because I like the fact they're doing the skills contest and they're carrying it through. So every day that, you know, adds points to AFC or NFC. But the beer chugging and the drone drop. Well, I think that and the, the dodgeball. I think the dodgeball, the Pro Bowl stuff is fantastic. That's fun, too. That's fun, too. It's just no game. It's kind of weird. But again, you don't want your team there anyway. Should you really celebrate something you don't want your team at? Because you want them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, true. I've, I've always seen Raiders guys at the Pro Bowl. I've never seen them in the Super Bowl. Hopefully you'll see a lot of bills and bingles there too. That's that's a good that's a good point. All right, let's talk some baseball, uh, Kramer, because I know that uh, that that you're big into that. You listen to six ten Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City, WDAF, HD two Liberty, in Odyssey Station. Why do this? Because obviously we can start looking forward to the Kansas City Royals and baseball season. I like baseball. I know you do, Kramer. It's a big part on. Your show on Saturdays. Yeah, I'm uh, Saturdays with Kramer. Yes, on 1660, uh, the bet here, uh, local Kansas City. It's um, an exciting time for baseball, though. 70 days till the World Baseball Classic and also 93 days until MLB season starts. But some moves happened yesterday, Binkley. Uh, the Pirates signed 42-year-old Rich Hill to a one-year $8 million deal. Granted, it's not like the big thing that you want to say, uh, oh, yeah, Kramer, why do you want to talk about that? But this is, it seems like a midseason trade, and this is something that the Royals are used to doing. If you want to look back into 2019 where they – had Homer Bailey, Martin Maldonado, and Jake Diekman where they actually wanted to sign and trade to see if they can get some type of players back on return, and Travis Wood back in 2017 as well. But is this the proper way to rebuild? I think the Pirates are trying to rebuild. They're a big definition of rebuild team the Pirates are, and so is the Kansas City Royals. Do you want to see some type of moves like this happen in Kansas City to where like they sign a guy that's like a Rich Hill to hopefully make a return on an investment? Yeah, he's 42 years old. I, I wouldn't do it. I understand the draw forward it is reasonable price, but he's 42 years old. And then you, you start worrying about injuries creeping in. And, you know, last year they brought, you know, Zach Grinke in here, um, which hopefully which, they do again. Which that would be nice. And if he's the guy that they're like, all right, we're going to sign Zach Grinke and hopefully he has that all-star caliber type season. And we can, you know, trade him to get some young guys to hopefully rebuild the farm system. That's oh. what that's what I think uh, that Royals need to do. And that's what they've been doing, I guess. Because it seems like right now they're not going to make that big flashy signing anytime soon unless they get a, an abundance of money. I actually, you know, the, the Rich Hill deal, 
I mean, if your team is solid, because he was a 4-2-7 ERA last year, if you would have put him in the bullpen, long relief, something like that, I just, was that Grinky was different because he was a Royal. He won a Cy Young with the Kansas City Royals. I think fans, you know, had a connection with Zach Grinky. You know, not like a Rich Hill. But you let the ar- young arms develop, and Zach Grinky was big into it. You know, talking to guys like Brady Singer and working with him throughout the whole deal. Um, I am a little bit surprised for the Pirates to do something like this because this is the wrong direction to go when you're signing a 42-year-old instead of developing your own talent, especially if you were the Pittsburgh Pirates. But the Pirates are also going to try to trade Rich Hill at midseason. That, that's, that's what this entire deal is. That's, that's, that's how it, it's going to be happening. Unless he has a bad year, you're not going to get anything for him. Well, then if he's a bad year, he's probably going to get outright released. They're going to eat that eight million dollars, which I mean, eight million for Pittsburgh. I'm not sure if that's. I mean, they're a, they're somewhat of a big market team. They're they're bigger market than what, what we are here in Kansas City. So I mean, they should have at least have some to- sort of money that way. But other stuff that's happening in Major League Baseball, the Rangers added another arm to the rotation with Nathan Evaldi. I was kind of hoping the Royals would try to you know get a guy like Nathan Evaldi here to Kansas City. But Dayton Moore, we all know Dayton Moore. Um, he's the senior advisor of baseball operations now for the Rangers. How much do you think he has say of trying to bring in all these guys in the pitching rotation that's completely different? And uh, Jacob DeGrom's a Ranger. Nathan Avaldi now. John Gray last year. Jake Odorizzi this year and Andrew Heaney. And Martin Perez had a reestablished season last year. But is Dayton Moore, do you think he wish he could have had like the, the say of trying to bring guys like that here to Kansas City, you think? Because I think he does. I think he was trying to do that every single time he was here, and it just seemed like it was all with the young guys, studs that they were trying to bring up through the minor league system. But I think right now for Dayton, he's liking this stuff. He is. No, I get it. It's going to be interesting to watch it. Chris Young's the GM, which is an interesting dynamic on itself. Do you remember how Dayton cut Chris Young? He went to his house, talked to him man to man, stuff like that. There's respect level. Now he's a senior uh, advisor of baseball operations. Dayton Moore, listen, he built a champion. Like he built this team, like his book. He wrote a book out. He built the team for the ballpark. And he won from a small market in the new era of baseball, which hasn't been done by anybody else. So there is some to that. At some point, the things grow stale and you need to move in a different direction. I think that's what happened with Dayton Moore. But yeah, the guy knows baseball. The guy knows how to do it on a budget. He's like a guy you send with 250 bucks to a grocery store and a huge list. It's like you got to fit everything into this budget I'm giving you. It's not like the Red Sox and Yankees that can go to the grocery store and spend whatever they want. Like he had to go to a store with what literally like 250 bucks cash, and that's that's all you get. And he had to shop for all the groceries with that. So I am interested to see what he does in Texas with Chris Young. And I like what, both those guys. I like Dayton, I like Chris Young. And the fact that Dayton's doing this is it kind of reminds me of when he traded Will Myers to Tampa Bay to get James Shields and Wade Davis. I think that that's how this type of moves I feel like he's making is similar to that. And he's also the guy that was able to orchestrate the Johnny Cueto to come to Kansas City. Like, he he knows how to bring big names into places, so it's actually kind of nice to see Dayton go on and kind of, like, uplift another team and hopefully for them to win a World Series. He brought a World Series here to Kansas City. We can't ever forget that. Never forget that. It's a guy that found a young catcher in Venezuela, signed him at a young age, what, 16 years old? His name was Salvador Perez. A guy that drafted Bobby Wood Jr., guy that drafted Vinny Pascantino, a guy that drafted MJ Melendez. Brady Singer. Brady Singer. I mean, <laughs> and he made those trades on a budget and had to go find the diamonds in the rough. Sports is like, oh, be careful what you wish for. Again, things do go stale. I get that. But it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with Chris Young and the Texas Rangers. And you know Chris Young looks up to him, right? 
So if Dayton comes in and talks to him, you know they're probably going to do what they do. Could the Rangers be the old Royals with the bigger budget? And it's funny you say look up to him when Chris Young's six foot ten. He has to look down to talk you, to. Did you ever see Chris Young in that fight when he when he played that? God, who did he fight? It's back when he's a player. He went with the Royals. In, was that in San Diego? Yeah, it was with Chris Young. Was it was in San Diego? It's one of the best baseball fights. I don't know if you'd want to pick a fight with Chris Young. No, dude, six foot ten. He has like a, a wingspan of like what twenty feet. It seems like. He, when he throws the, the baseball, he's like five inches longer than people when he was playing. When the release point is when throwing the baseball. Yeah, it was Derek Lee, wasn't it? Um, when he played for the Cubs. It's blanking me right now. And he got into it with Chris Young. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I think it was Derek Lee and Chris Young. Baseball fights are brutal. I remember people used to tease him for wearing, what, mom jeans or dad jeans. Chris Young. Are those like jorts? Those dad jeans? Still an absolute baller for the Kansas City Royals. Do you wear jorts, Bink? Hell no. Why not? You show off them thighs. You don't wear you don't wear pants. Well, I mean long pants. I wear shorts. I do. Yeah, I, like, I, that's what I mean. I, I'm not saying like you don't I'm wear any clothes. Yeah, exactly. You just don't wear long pants. I've worn shorts all week. You wore shorts all week last week. I wore, no, I wore pants, jeans. It got pretty damn cold. My my rule is zero. You know, zero below, zero, you wear pants? Zero, and it's five degrees or ten degrees, usually you do, because I get kind of tired of everybody saying, where'd you wear pants? Where'd you wear pants? And so you just put pants on, you don't have to you know, address that anymore, right? You're tired of little small talk, ha, ha, ha. Well, I don't wear them or certain. The only other guy that does it here is Scott Parks. He wears shorts. He also wears sandals. But I caught him last week. He'd wear sweats, and then he was going in and changing in the shorts. It's like, yeah, that's, that's actually that's a pro tip move right there. All right, last one here, Major League Baseball stuff. Uh, the Braves lock up Sean Murphy, who they traded for for seven years, $88 million. The biggest thing here upon this is the Braves have signed seven-plus-year extensions since 2019, and I'll list them out for you. Ozzie Albies, seven years, $35 million. Acuna, eight years, $100 million. Matt Olson, eight years, $165 million. Riley, Austin Riley, 10 years, $212 million. Uh, they have uh, Harris, their, their young stud rookie, eight years, $72 million. Uh, Spencer Strider, seven years, $92 million. And like I said, they also signed Sean Murphy, seven years, $88 million. This is the type of things the Kansas City Royals need to do now. I think this is what we need to see with MJ Melendez, Vinny Pasquantino, Bobby Witt Jr., Brady Singer, because I think Brady Singer is probably the better pitcher out of this entire rotation from the young studs. The Royals need to mimic what the Atlanta Braves are trying to do because this is cheap. These are cheap deals the Braves are doing, especially for a seven-year, eight-year, ten-year-plus, how much money the Braves are going to make if they're trying to make this into like a business organization. They're going to make a stupid amount of money because of how many guys are locked up. This is exactly the, the type of blueprint the Kansas City Royals need to do right now in order to make money for the future. Kramer, you're a big baseball head. You played college baseball at Northwest Missouri State. Are the Royals – I know you're a huge fan of it inside now, and you do like small market teams. You like watching the Royals play, and I catch you watching the A's from time to time. Yeah, A's at night. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, late, late West Coast baseball. Why not? I was looking forward to watching Aaron Judge and the Giants. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I agree. I was, I was, I was looking I just forward went, to that. Or Angels. Put him in the West Coast. Put him on the late games. It's fine. Looking forward to Carlos Correa over in the in the Giants. Oh, really a couple of things. It. Couple of things. One, how bad is the Angels organization when they spend all the money they did? When they had poo holes, they had that, and they got they got MVPs. I mean, look, look at the look at their team. It's loaded with uh, talent. Mike Trout, 
Is the game better Heck, than that? They even signed C.J. Wilson. They, they, they Even around that same time to try to get pitching there. It's pitching is a problem for the Angels. And what, two years ago, they drafted all pitching in the in the MLB draft. It was no positional players, all pitching. And then Shoei Itani, here's what they are. And I hope baseball doesn't become this. What the Angels are is a sideshow. They're a circus sideshow. Hey, come watch the great Otani. Come watch Mike Trout. See all our talent and see us continue to lose. Like, seriously, I can't think of a team that spent the money and has the quality of players like they do and only suck. Well, the last time the Angels were in the postseason, the Royals beat them out. But look at that. Yeah, swept them. But look at the lineup they got and they put forward. The lineup is not, even with Anthony Randone that they signed three years ago, who can't stay healthy to be put on the field. They have arguably the two best players in Major League Baseball. And I get Trout's not, you know, had the injuries the last couple of years, but Shohei Otani and Mike Trout collect MVPs. Trout, of course, more than Otani, who's got one. But still, it's a sideshow. I'm just worried about baseball getting to this point, like we see the Mets and the money they're spending. We talked about it yesterday. I think it was $800 million guaranteed when the Royals sold for $1 billion. They're playing a different league. And that's the worrisome thing. Are you worried about teams putting, you know, fans in the seats? Like, if you're the Pirates, we're sitting here talking about, you know, making a move for Rich Hill. That excites absolutely nobody signing a 42-year-old pitcher. Is it a different league? Can you still get excited? It's a different league for the small market teams. It's always been that way. The big market, whoever has change. the biggest pocketbook. It could change. Well, I mean, that's the thing. If Say if there was a guy like Steve Cohn who bought the Royals, it would be completely different. It would be. And I'm just I'm getting tired of all these the owners that are not that are outside of Kansas City who just v- see baseball as a oh it's a money opportunity for me I, I can make money off this and not worry about oh I need to, I want to bring a championship to said Kansas City to said I don't know St Louis who to said New York Mets like I want I I like those type of owners who are like that way and they just need to change it around because it seems like the Angels their type of ownership is just to make money. That's all it is. Like you said, the Circus Olay Act is what they are. What uh, the Kaufman got pretty basically sold out when the Angels came to like town last year. That's the worst thing to me. Be a competitive team instead of a sideshow. I agree, absolutely agree. And at least the Royals are trying to be competitive on the field. Yeah, they're not being a circus sideshow. They can't afford to be a circus sideshow. But and I don't think they could have been, been afford to be a circus sideshow ever since what the eighties, eighty nine. Well, I'm looking forward to JJ Picola here. I'm looking forward oh, to same. Burn being out in Arizona. I'm looking forward to baseball being talked. Hopefully that warms us up as we sit right now. Oh, by the way, NFL news: Ron Rivera has announced that Carson Wentz will be their starting quarterback this week. Signing wow. Turn the ball over a few times. Wow. That's another team. It's a good football team, no quarterback. It's true. There's a, there's a lot of teams like that right now. Yeah, it's, it's what I worry about the Niners. I know Brock Purdy's playing well, but there's a reason why he was the last player picked in the draft. Unless you think he's the next Tom Brady. I mean, what, well, Tom Brady was picked when the sixth Fifth round? round? Fifth round? Or was it the sixth round with Tom Brady? So, yeah, I, I need to watch the Brady six. I think it was. Was it the sixth round? He was or fifth? I should know this right at the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, same. It, uh, whatever the Brady six is, whatever the sixth uh, round pick one ninety nine. That's what I thought. Six one ninety nine. All right, we come back. Back to football and underrated Chiefs. One on offense who might be outside of Mahomes, one of the team's MVPs, and of course we've talked about Nick Bolton already being an underrated Chief. Who's not that underrated Chief on offense? We'll explain next. Fesco in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967 on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.